Welcome to the perfume room. My scent of the day today is a reminder in the power of scent. I was in my bedroom and I was just looking through my drawer of some scents that I don't usually reach for. And as you guys know, whenever I get testers of things, I organize them in a few different tiers. I either love it and I put it on my display shelf of like, put this in the rotation, I want to wear it. I like it enough that I recognize it's a beautifully made perfume, but I don't know that I'm going to reach for it often. And so I put that in a separate place and I still recommend those to people and talk about them. And then I have the third category of just like, I don't like this and I don't want to recommend it. Now, what I'm wearing today was in that second category and that is Rose Alexandre from Armani Privé. I first smelled this because it was sent to me and I thought it was a beautiful sort of narrowly rose fragrance and I just felt like I had some other things kind of similar to it and I just sort of put it away as I like this but I don't know if I'm going to wear it. So today I decided to open up that drawer and just look through some of those fragrances that I sort of liked but put to the side and this one was just kind of calling my name and I put it on today. And I swear, as soon as I put it on, I just had this transportive experience. Immediately, I just thought of my Aunt Lil. This smells exactly like the perfume she wore, which interestingly enough, I still don't even know what perfume she wore, but it was definitely something that I want to say had lots of white florals and some yellow florals. I need to figure out what her scent was, but I feel like there was definitely tuberose and jasmine and narrowly and orange blossom and a lang-a-lang. And to me, all of these sort of floral and solar notes make me think of luxury in the 80s, which is exactly what I think of when I think of my Aunt Lil. She was my great aunt and she actually sadly just passed away um, this past Thanksgiving, the day before, which I think is part of why I was so touched when I put this on this morning. That's why I love scent so much. I love how it just takes you right to places and people and times in your life. Anyway, I put on Rose Alexandre, which I'm sure was not what she wore because it's more new and she's been wearing this fragrance as long as I've been alive, but I just could see her. She had ashy blonde hair that always was perfectly coiffed and blown out. She wore like a balloon Cartier ring. She always had light pink nails, perfectly done. Up until her mid 80s, she was wearing leather pants. She was elegance. When I smell scents like this or scents like Rouge Malachite or Amouage Honor Woman, all of these sort of beautiful white floral, solar floral notes just make me think of her. And she was someone who had what our guest today calls Verve. Today we are joined by the CEO and founder of Otherland Candles, one of my favorite candle companies, Abigail Cookstone, and she describes Verve as the extra Verve of the added touch. It's basically that zhuzh, that je ne sais quoi, that brings something from good to great and helps elevate everyday moments. This is something that she learned from her mother and an ethos that she carries with her every day in all things Otherland. 
As you will hear from Abigail in this episode, and what I love most about Otherland is that every single candle in the line has a story, an inspiration, and an intention behind it. It wasn't just a matter of people doing market research saying, oh, we need a woody candle. We should have a sandalwood scent. These are candles that have real memories attached that come from both Abigail, her team members, and the perfumers who create them, who, by the way, are the real deal. And like us, Abigail's foray into candle making started at home in her kitchen. It did end in a few small kitchen fires, but eventually it led to something greater. And the perfumers who develop Otherland candles are the same people behind iconic scents like Black Opium, Glossier U, and Santal 33. Today you will learn all about Abigail's background, how she navigated being a founder, alongside her partner no less, they are co-founders, her own scent memories, and the time that Abigail conducted a seance with Otherland Candles, obviously. Here's Abigail. Abigail, welcome to the perfume room. It is so great to have you today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. So we always start the podcast with the following three questions, but I'll just go one at a time. First, what are you currently wearing? And because this is going to be a candle-centric episode, that could be for burning as well. Okay. So I, I'll give you two answers. So in terms of what am I currently wearing? Mm -hmm. So there is a scent that is one of my very strong scent memories from the nineties, mm -hmm. which is gap dream. And I don't I know. I love do you remember gap, gap dream. dream. That was my okay. first perfume I ever purchased in my life. Was it? Okay. Yes. I, I think it was the same for me too. So do you remember like those, um, kind of like a brushed chrome like atomizer yes um that's the one Toilet I had spray. yes exactly I had that and then there's heaven which yep. was um dream was sort of like more periwinkle heaven was kind of like Tiffany blue yep. and then I think there was grass yeah um I I really liked heaven and dream but anyway we did a um since send is, is the strongest trigger of memory and emotion. A couple of years ago, we did a nineties collection. And uh, one of the scents that we created was really based on gap dream. And the perfumers knew how much I love the scent and it's got uh freesia and plumeria and mm -hmm. a little bit of um, sort of some tangerine zest, I think, and those kind of sparkly aldehydes. Um, and so they actually made me, a tester of, of the spray perfume, um, Gap Dream. So I'm wearing Gap Dream. It, it always puts me in a good mood. Oh my um, God. It's a little throwback. Yes. And so, and then in terms of what we're burning today, we are burning Forest Veil, which is one of our new scents from our adorned collection. Mm -hmm. And that was created by a uh, perfumer, uh, Frank Vogel, mm -hmm. um, who he's also done a number of scents for us, uh, our bestseller Rattan and Fallen Fur, uh, Extra Hours, another one. But he, he did four of the six scents in this new collection, and Forest Vale uh, has notes of um, chalet cedar, antique sandalwood, and emerald uh, vetiver. And mm -hmm. so it's it's got this. It's just a, it's a gorgeous woody scent that's not too like wood can be very like aromatic and kind of bitter in some ways or or fireplacey. And this is not that. This is mm -hmm. um it just got this like rich sandalwood kind of interesting. It feels very luxe, very fancy hotel. It kind of reminds me the Faena in Miami, the hotel has this woody, it's kind of like a dark woody scent, which feels 
almost not what you would expect in a tropical kind of paradise, but it is just, it's such a bold statement there. And I think comes from the Alan Finest kind of Argentine heritage and Mm -hmm. um, some of the fire motifs through that hotel, but really made me think of that when I first smelled it. And so anyway, it's, it's a new favorite of mine, but it's, it's kind of like a luxe elevated woody situation for a cold, cozy day. That's amazing. I actually gifted that to my boyfriend's mother for Christmas. I gave her three of the adoring candles. And um, so, you know, now in Texas, we can smell Otherland candles. I was there and they were burning and it was so nice and cozy. you got to smell this. Oh, good. It's also nice too, because they are so wintry and I grew up in the Northeast. So I associate those smells, but I feel like it was nice to bring some of those sort of like cold weather sense to like an yeah. 85 degree Christmas, you know? Um, <laughs> totally. Where did you grow up? I grew up in Connecticut. What about you? Where did you grow up? I grew up in Watertown, Massachusetts, but I went to college okay. in Connecticut. Okay. So, I mean, yeah, we're going to get to like the smells of your childhood, but you know, that New England childhood, <laughs> you know, those smells. I'm sure we have the same, yes. the same smells of leaves and water and different yep. nature things. One of the things I think is really amazing about Otherland that you already talked about without even me asking you is how big fragrance is in the sense. And, you know, there are so many candle brands coming out that are sort of like the person who makes the scents has just gotten like really into sandalwood or whatever, and they mix things themselves. But I feel like with Otherland, similar to body fragrances, the perfumer is really like the hero of the fragrance. And some of the fragrances that you guys have developed are just so imaginative, not to mention ones that I totally would wear as perfumes. (laughs) And I, I wanted to sort of understand, like, how do you conceptualize like did you say I want a fragrance that smells like gap dream I want a fragrance that smells like this hotel in Miami like what how does that work the creative process is so interesting for this and I think what as I was thinking about other land and the hole I saw on the market and and what I wanted it to be a, a big part that I felt was kind of lost was the storytelling and kind mm-hmm. of the narrative around the scent and that you know, knowing scent is is the strongest trigger of memory and emotion, but it's so many candles that were out there in the market. It's grapefruit or Mm -hmm. rose uh, or black currant. There really felt like there was such an opportunity to to tell these stories and also to hear about customers' stories and what memories they trigger and to kind of pull that all together. I really wanted to to focus on that um, both in the development process and then how we present the sense to our customer. We also had the unique challenge of starting a fragrance brand online where you can't smell before you buy. Mm-hmm. How do we inspire uh, our customers to, to hit purchase without mm-hmm. smelling and create that emotional connection that gets them over that, that hump? And so... For us, we decided to bring artwork in and really push these narratives and stories. And and we kind of call this modern olfactive design, but each scent is, and each collection, it's very much inspired by a memory or an emotion or kind of a vision even. Um, And so that really lends itself well to that natural storytelling and and the artwork creation. And so I have to say, when I first started working on Otherland, um, and I I was actually an, an art history major uh, undergrad and like I worked uh, in art acquisitions at Ralph Lauren so I've, I have a very good visual uh, vocabulary mm-hmm. describing artwork 
But when it comes to describing things olfactively, I really struggled there at first because it's, I mean, it's a training and there's so many little nuances and just like becoming a sommelier in wine, I mean, it's or wine education, it, it can take a very long time and it feels very abstract. It, it can at first. So I really had to first train myself and how to do that. And at one point at the beginning, um, I think I was, I bought these little plastic containers that I was uh, scooping out reference scents from the market that I had seen and purchased, Mm -hmm. putting them into the containers. And then I would carry them around with me. I had this like little library when we met with different fragrance houses or perfumers, I could be like, like this, this rose, but not this rose. I mean, Mm -hmm. I I literally didn't know how to communicate. Right, right. But (laughs) so the way that we really do the development. And so uh, with this modern olfactive designs, I start with a brief. And so it's usually coming from me and and from people on our team as well, where um, since a lot of our scents are very seasonal specific, so thinking about seasonal memories. Mm -hmm. So for example, for um, our summer collection, the Beach Club collection, there are two scents there I'd call out. So one is called uh, stone fruit. Mm-hmm. So this has notes of beach plum, peach skin, and brown sugar. So stone fruit is inspired by this Nantucket beach plum jam. So wow. here's to our New England roots. So mm-hmm. we would go and visit some family friends when I was growing up uh, in Nantucket in August every year. And on the way home, getting onto the ferry across the street from the ferry, my mom would stop at the historical society gift shop and pick up two jars of this beach plum jam. Mm -hmm. And so one jar would be for now. And Mm -hmm. the other jar she would put in the very back of the tallest cupboard on the shelf in the kitchen uh, and save that for January. Uh, Right around this time right now. Yeah. So in, in the darkest depths of gloomy winter she would reach in and pull out that jar and kind of ceremoniously pop the cap and get a, you know, a knife and put a little bit of, of summer on her tongue and close her eyes. And mm-hmm. it's this dr- dramatic opening of, of the jam jar every year. And so I had memories of this particular jam and the taste and the smell of that. Mm-hmm. And so I created a mood board and kind of the storytelling around that. And then the perfumer we worked with, uh, Clement Gavary. Clement had his own memories of growing up in France and his mother making fresh peach confiture as he was a kid. So this peach jam. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, learning in, in fragrance, it's not so much about exactly replicating or duplicating the sense as you remember it, but it's about the perfumer creating this this new work of art that combines their personal perspective and history and memories, as well as the inspiration from the client, from the brand. So mm-hmm. that is how Stone Fruit came about. So beach plum, peach skin, brown sugar. And then, yeah, another one from that collection is Match Point. So my first job in New York was I worked as a ball girl at the U.S. Open. I love that for you. (laughs) I I wore the whole outfit and everything. And it was a really fun way to 
you know, get to know the city a little bit and kind of a welcome to New York. So it was a lot of fun, but thinking about the iconic scent of a freshly popped can of tennis balls. It's such a distinct smell. So distinct and it's like rubbery and industrial and Mm -hmm. kind of dry. So I said, you know, I shared this and said, is there anything elevated you could do with the scent of a freshly popped can of tennis balls and so they came back with a a bunch of different options so so once we do the brief we get these little mods and uh they're always sort of these little we've got hundreds of them in this room over here but Mm -hmm. um they're little kind of jelly jars that are filled with it's our wax because the wax Mm -hmm. has its own scent so we always want to smell it in our signature wax blend Mm -hmm. So we get a bunch of mods and then it's all about smell testing those. We melt them under a heat lamp because they haven't been uh, wick tested yet. That's a whole mm-hmm. other process that happens a bit later. But yeah, so we ended up with a match point, which is a tennis ball, cut grass and cucumber water. So wow. yeah, so it's a perfect candle for tennis lovers. And yeah. I think New York Magazine said it's kind of like sipping on a cucumber water in a tennis pro shop, which I thought was I love a, it. I love a that. great description. Yeah. So it's, it's really all about, you know, the storytelling and um, we've, we did a great campaign around the beach club collection with our customers and they shared and influencers, their summer scent memories, people go camping and it's the campfire or sports or what have mm-hmm. you, or special trips. So we really love having that dialogue and kind of just having the product be more than just a product. I mean, it's part of building a modern brand and creating mm-hmm. a community and conversation and this kind of chit chat with with your customer. And so that's the approach that we've chosen to take. It feels kind of like a writer's room for sense. It seems like you and your team like get together and you just like throw out memories. And yeah, it's exactly what you were saying. Like when I discovered Otherland, it actually was gifted to me um, in 2020. My, my college friends sent me the threesome they sent oh. me, yeah, chandelier, uh, rattan, and I forget whichever other third one usually comes with it, but I'm sure you know. But they sent me yeah. that trio, and is it I David. Yes, it is David. Yeah, okay, okay, Great. yes, that is exactly what it is. And I was so blown away, and they're so evocative of Thank you. of times and places and textures and colors. And I love how you were talking about how you literally like scoop different roses as examples. I'm curious. What has your training been like? How have you learned how to talk about things olfactively? You know, it's been a process and I'm still learning a lot. I mean, I literally have for wine, they have these like wheels you can buy. Like I mm-hmm. bought this on Amazon and it like has different, it has a, you know, it's divided into quadrants and it has the different like scent families and there's like a chart. I mean, you literally like have to like kind of have like a word bank out and, mm-hmm. you know, you learn every time I would meet with the perfumers, um, I would ask a lot of questions and just try to understand what exactly they were talking about. And the fragrance houses have a whole team of people that, that help with this from your account director to kind of what Segaline does and an evaluator who basically helps to sort of translate what the client um, is asking for into the real perfumery terminology but there is there is a bunch of sort of education and educational resources out there and the fragrance foundation they've been really helpful and they have some training stuff but a lot of it is like getting out the 
word bank and mm-hmm. learning learning what sort of different independent notes smell like mm-hmm. and then just like kind of practicing a lot but you can learn yeah no I I'm can, learning it's fun I mean and you were talking about your art background as well and obviously I want to talk about the packaging and the font but how does do you feel like that has benefited other land Yeah, so we very much took this kind of visual forward, brand forward approach to fragrance. And I very much believe that the the future of fragrance, the brands that will win really have to be visual forward, brand forward in this way, that in order to win in the digital space, and that's not just being e-commerce space, but also on social media, is that the visuals have to be just as impactful, you know. People buy our candles for the first time because of how they look, that they look attractive, that trust is created, our our website is polished, and we present the sense in a way, an emotional connection with in the artwork and the sense. Um, They come back because we have incredible repeat purchasing the scents are so good. Right. And we work working with the top perfumers and fragrance houses. But really to to tell that those stories that I was talking about and creating giving our customers material that they can talk about and share. Um, and, and even that gifting experience, we knew that the visual identity and working with these different artists be critical to our strategy. So how do you pick the artists who, because there's so much design in the, in the product yes. and the packaging. What's that process like? Yeah, so uh, the process is usually many hours spent on Instagram, uh, saving and pinning different Ours, we we come across um, Abigail. She's actually, just like us. <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, so many different co- collections right. uh, on IG, and right. we've actually had some artists have reached out to us as well, and that's been a good fit. But so yeah, it's really through Instagram that we discover them, and then depends on availability, budget, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's how we find them. Nice. And how did you come up with um, the name Otherland and the font? Because it is sort of evocative of like, it makes me think of Disney. I don't know if that was intentional, but no, it was not. I have heard that before and I can totally see how people think that. And I, I love that about it. And I can see it does have a little bit of that in the loop de loop in the script, but actually the, that word mark and the script of it, it was very much inspired by, um, well, so for our first, we worked with Red Antler for our, our branding um, and some of the other design elements. Um, they were kind of like a first investor in Otherland. And I had like really been preparing for the kickoff day. Mm-hmm. And so I showed up to the kickoff meeting with a suitcase filled with every candle I'd ever purchased in my life, <laughs> a, you know, a, a huge, my matchbox collection three pounds of clementines which I'll get to at some point in this conversation (laughs) and then two big foam core mood boards okay Uh, and on one of my mood boards was uh and this is very much tied to our our art strategy um have you ever seen these uh, Picasso light drawings they're photographs of him drawing with light with I think it's sort of like a, a slow um 
don't know, aperture photo. But hmm. anyway, there are lots of sort of loop-de-loops in these light drawings. Mm-hmm. And so that's where actually where our script came from was some of his scribbles. But so cool. tying back to the artwork. Yeah, so um, that's that's where that came from. But the name Otherland. So the longer answer to this is that we our original name and what we're actually legally incorporated as is a verb. And so verve comes from, it's really a, a personal mission behind Otherland, but it's this expression that my mother had, mm-hmm. which was the extra verve of the added touch. And so the extra verve of the added touch is all about this little bit of extra effort that you put into something that takes it from good to great and mm. elevates the everyday. And so the example that I have been using for years is that when you get clementines and they come in, you know, uh, like the mesh bag or it used mm-hmm. to be a crate, you put the clementines in a bowl and it's not too fussy. It's not a whole Martha Stewart thing, but it just creates this little moment of beauty. And this idea of practicing verb is I like to think about, it's all about kind of this life survival strategy that my mom had of just cultivating these little moments for yourself, finding little moments of beauty and things that nourish your soul in your everyday and the most basic of ways from noticing, you know, a tree on your walk to work that you've never noticed before and how pretty it looks in the sunshine to playing music while you do the laundry or lighting a candle uh, while you're plopped down on the couch, relaxing and watching TV. But it's it's this habit of cultivating these moments uh, of joy for yourself. So that is kind of the personal mission to share with the world through other land. That's beautiful. I love that. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, it's nice to kind of, yeah, have that that personal. Unfortunately, when we looked at uh, Verve, uh, it was trademarked uh, in soap, which is a little too close. But actually, I'm, I'm glad that it was because I really love the name Otherland. So we actually, we worked together to find an alternative. And as soon as I heard Otherland, just thinking about all of the different like lands that can be created with the experience of a scent, uh, dinner party land, cozy land, mm-hmm. and what have you, that I, I just, I love this tension between how candles can be a little bit of escapism mm-hmm. and then also that tension with you're very present with a candle lit you strike the match and light the flame it brings you into the room um yeah kind of the tension between the escapism and the present with other land and I could I could just picture all those lands and a physical store maybe one day coming soon mm-hmm. um and mm-hmm. so yeah that's how we got to other land What if I told you that the perfume juice of the day is Otherland? Since the recording, Abigail sent me two candles. She sent me cardamom milk and boudoir rouge, and I am obsessed with both. Cardamom milk is sweet and spicy and milky. You know I love any excuse to say lactonic, so I'm going to say it right here. It is lactonic. It's somehow gourmand and cakey without venturing into any sort of bath and body works territory. If you hate those like vanilla candles of yesteryear, 
That is not this. In fact, you know what it kind of reminds me of? If you remember in past episodes, I talked about Marissa Zappas' perfume, Annabelle's birthday cake, and how it somehow is like a cakey gourmand without feeling too sweet. And it feels youthful, but also very sophisticated and elevated and grounded in something deep. And that is exactly how I feel about cardamom milk. It's warm and sweet, but not cloying. Actually, when I burned it, my mom said, this is the candle you light when you want to sell your house. The other candle she sent, and it's no surprise that I'm obsessed, is Boudoir Rouge, which is inspired by, you guessed it, lipstick. This smells like the aroma of cranberry sauce cooking on the stove, gives off to like the whole home, mixed with a smell of irisy, berryish lipstick. It's very holiday-like. It definitely has all of those sort of like holiday spices that you know and love that make you think of Thanksgiving or maybe Christmas, but there is that berry and lipstick element too. It kind of feels like a 1950s Christmas in a bedroom that has dusty rose-colored walls, a beaded lamp on a boudoir, and a magenta carpet. Yes, that is what Boudoir Rouge is. I am obsessed with both. They have been burning all weekend long and I can't get enough. There's such good storytelling behind this brand with Verve, with Otherland. And I really, I really feel like you guys have exactly what you said, like candles add an extra element of mindfulness and it's like a little treat for yourself and you've created this entire line that's like escapist but like grounded in something real one of the things that we started doing in 2020 in covid during lockdown was like lighting candles and dimming the lights when we had dinner every night just because like sitting under regular lights was just feeling so like dreadful like it just felt like so mundane of like every day we make a dinner, we eat the dinner, we put this, the dishes in the sink. Right, and, stuff away. <laughs> yes, and it was like, yeah. obviously that tradition didn't change. We still make the dinner, eat the dinner, put the stuff, you know, clean. But just like giving a moment to sit and what really enabled that was the lighting and the candles. So I am, yeah. I totally get you what, what you're doing. And like, I love that analogy of the Clementines of just like, yeah, you could put them in a, in a fruit drawer or you could display them and like make them feel like a thing. And it, I, I love it. A little moment of beauty. A little yeah. moment of beauty. I'm curious, what were some candles before you started Otherland that you were a personal fan of? And what did you feel like the biggest hole in the marketplace that you weren't able to get was? Well, I think my, my candle journey really started um, as a kid. And I think I had a babysitter whose like house I went over to and she had Yankee candles. She had those big jars and she had. Uh, Were we living the same childhood because same? And we must have. We <laughs> must have. We must have. And so, you know, New England, yeah. every, everyone's got them. So she had the frosting ones, which okay. now I, I can't stand. But at the time I thought they were just divine. It was the, the buttercream frosting and mm-hmm. then like chocolate hazelnut mocha frosting. And then I think, um, I think I like saved up my pennies and it's somewhere, some gift shop, like bought myself a miniature, the clean linen one from Yankee. Mm-hmm. I can, I can imagine the picture on the front of the label of like the clothes on the clothes yeah, line. I know exactly uh, what you're talking blue, about. Blue sky. Yep. Yes. Yep. So I brought that home and my mom was like, 
absolutely no. You, you <laughs> cannot, you're, you're like 10 years old. You can't have a candle. You'll yeah. burn the house down. You're crazy. You're like, mom, it's Verve. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, no. So mom confiscated the candle. And then of course in college, I bought a candle and then like immediately an RA, you know, found out about it and had it removed. So it was really when I first moved to New York, working at the U.S. Open, got my first apartment. I was living, you know, in um, one of the fake wall bedrooms. I was living in, in the dining room. We had, we had a L-shaped living room, dining room. I, I lived in yeah. the dining room. Okay. Um, so I got the bed and then I got a dresser from Craigslist. Mm-hmm. And then I got a candle. And so mm-hmm. I had made it. I was adulting in New York. Um, yep. And that candle was from Toka. Love Toka. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it's Toka or Taka, but they've been around for a while. A few different incarnations. I've always said Toka. It sounds Toka? Okay, right me to too. me. But I don't, I guess I haven't ever confirmed that. But yeah, I've always said Toka. Yeah. Yeah. So it was Toka. Do you remember? I think Toka had clothing at one point. You know, like kind of like a boho, like was it, was yeah. there, that sounds like so. kind of right. I don't know. I'm going to research this a little more, but okay. anyway, it was, it was Toga. They, they've had some great stuff. And so that, that was a big moment for me. And then I think really in my twenties, I became a big fan of Beluspa has some great sense. That was a mm-hmm. great price point that was accessible. I felt mm-hmm. like, you know, if I bought those scents, I wasn't afraid to burn them um as you know and and I learned about diptyque and the expensive brands um but just they're so expensive that uh, yeah I would be afraid afraid you don't want to go through Um, it right yeah no no so yeah I think those are that would be definitely like a favorite brand I think they have you know nice really fresh scents and some are fruity everybody goes through their the capri blue volcano yes uh, Anthropology purchase. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. That's a classic. And so I think in in college, I had a a roommate who loved that. So that was um, Mm -hmm. who did not get her candle confiscated. Wow. Okay. You're already had it out for you. And that's not okay. Had it out for you. Can't win. So you're talking about the moment where you feel like I've made it in New York. You had your candle, your Craigslist dresser. What was the moment with Otherland where you were just like, oh, this is, this is happening. Like we've made it. So I think back to when we launched and it was December 12th of 2017. I was like, we have to launch before the year ends. We like December 12th is pretty close to when the year ends. Mm -hmm. Um, But I just remember being so exhausted and we had been up to like, 3.30 in the morning for like the last five nights and we were shipping out all the inventory and packing it ourselves and there were all kinds of problems you can only imagine Mm -hmm. and then seeing the first customer unboxing on Instagram first it was like you know of anyone which were mostly people I knew but then it was like of people I didn't know Mm -hmm. that was like just to see have this having this little window into the reaction of, of customers to getting your product for the first time and opening that box and popping the cap on the scent, that first sniff and discovering the matchbox um, and all the I love that matchbox, there. by the way. Like, I love oh, how there's just you. a surprise matchbox in it. Uh, thank you so much. A lot of that, too, came from 
I have a lot of restaurant matchboxes and Mm -hmm. thinking about restaurants as this multi-sensory experience um, and kind of this consumable brand. And it's everything from the flatware to the type on the menu and the tastes and the smell. And then you get this little capsule of of the brand on your way out as this matchbox and a capsule of this experience. So Mm -hmm. wanted to have that as like a a collectible part um, of other land and it's such a cool thing that with social media, we get to see customer reactions. And of course we, you know, we get feedback too. Um, and we've made some changes based on reactions we've, we've gotten on Instagram and videos, but it's, that was really the moment kind of seeing, it's not exactly seeing the product in the wild, but seeing someone other than the people, you know, open your product for the first time is so freaking cool like everything that you tried to convey through the fragrance, they just like pick up on it and you're like, it works. Like they feel that. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It's so exciting. So I brought the threesome with me to gift to my boyfriend's mother and I forgot about the matches. And so I had, I got my bag searched at TSA as we were flying to Texas and the guy loved the packaging so much. He was like, yeah, like we saw matches in your bag. And then he was like, whoa, like they're connected to the box. And he's like, I feel so bad having to take these matches out because this is such a Wait, beautiful they box. Took them? You can't have matches in your carry on, which in hindsight, I'm like, I guess, duh. But he was like, the packaging is so beautiful. I'm going to have to take the matches, but I will leave the matchbox for you. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so, okay. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. But oh my so, God. isn't that so Wait, funny? This is, that's so funny. This is like a new thing. Um, this summer I was flying back from Jackson hole mm-hmm. and they were like, I was from my best friend's bachelorette for which I obviously made a custom matchbox oh, with a I need super to... cool graphic. I love it. Ellie I love Glass it. Rodeo. Cute. And so, you know, I only had seven of them left over in my bag, mm-hmm. but yeah. that was the first time I had ever heard of anybody saying that. And they, they don't ask you that in New York. What, what does happen is you can't carry on a candle because it, or you can carry it on, but it will always get flagged mm-hmm. by TSA. And we, we flew about a week ago and sure enough, the person next to me had a candle in her bag everyone's traveling with candles now, which is so right. fun, but yeah. you do need to take them out or you will get stopped by TSA. What I thought was so funny was like, he was so upset to do it because <laughs> your packaging is, for everyone listening who doesn't know, like integrated into the box, there there is like a space where a matchbook goes and fits perfectly. So if you take the matchbook out, there's just like a space where matches belong. And he loved it so much. He was like, Aww. he's like, I'm going to, you should keep the empty matchbook. It's so pretty. And I was like, yeah, yeah. I would love the matches too, but it's fine. Yes, exactly. Um, oh my gosh. You do work with your significant other. I sure do. Um, I saw, I was, you know, creeping on the Instagram a little. His name Mm -hmm. is Sayed. How did you guys meet and what was the decision to go into business together? I guess that's two very different questions, but I want the whole story. Now the juicy details. Yes, yes. (laughs) So, yes, Sayed and I, we met on the first day of Columbia Business School. Mm -hmm. And we were put in the same so in, in business school, or at least at Columbia, they call them sections in some places. At Columbia, they call them clusters. We have a mm-hmm. cluster system. And so um, we were both in cluster D, and then we were put on the same learning team of uh, six students. We were on the Tiger team. Okay. This sounds like camp, <laughs> like D Tigers. It sounds like camp. Yeah. Yes, yes. Um, 
And so uh, that's how we met. And so we became good friends. And, you know, we're both kind of dating other people, but good friends. And then a little later in our first year of business school, we we got together. And mm-hmm. and say it has had, you know, just such a s- strong background in operations and finance. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had worked at Deloitte and then startups like Birchbox, um, worked in private equity for a little bit. Um, and then he had been at Dia and Co, mm-hmm. um, which is an, an amazing company, a startup here in, in New York. And so he kind of had this operational and finance background. Uh, for me, I'm, uh, I did, I did get my MBA, but I, I do lean a bit more creative and, and, uh, marketing forward, more, more of a product creative type. So, I was sort of I'd come up with the idea for Otherland and was working on it, doing a lot of research, making candles. Um, and at this point, I transformed our kitchen into, I mean, he had to deal with this uh, very tiny kitchen. So we were living in a 250 square foot, six floor walk up in the West Village. And so the whole kitchen, wow. I've got pictures of it, became a candle laboratory. So there mm-hmm. were fragrances everywhere and the different milk pots and candy thermometers and wicks and all of these things. So he kind of dealt with that and was a, a part of all of that and um, sort of was really the behind the scenes co-founder since the beginning. And then um, as we got a little farther along, it just kind of made sense for him to make the jump and come over to Otherland full time. But it was definitely um, it's definitely a big, big decision. <laughs> and we weren't sure how it was going to go. Mm-hmm. But no, I'm, I'm so glad that he did. And I think we have a really nice complementary skill set. And had to work hard to figure out ways to make it work together and mm-hmm. how to have our individual areas that we stay out of each other's way in mm-hmm. and um, how to come together on on the strategy and all of that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, what a journey. <laughs> wow. You know, it's interesting because I on the podcast, there have been a few couples or husband-wife duos that have gone into business together. And I'm always curious, like, what would you say is the best advice for being in business with the person you love? Um, you know, I think my advice would be get get a good therapist. Who yeah, okay. Can, <laughs> like, I'm going to be honest, you know, you, yeah. I, I think, I mean, just having um, a third party that can help you work through right. issues that come up, but also kind of help train you on how to communicate things and set boundaries and identify what you're feeling in certain moments Mm -hmm. is just so helpful. And yes, so that is my honest advice. (laughs) Wow. That's the other other land threesome, (laughs) Abigail Sayed and therapist. And and yes, yes. Dr. R. Dr. R. We love it. Exactly. What was the process? I know you guys said you met in business school, Team D, Team Tigers. Mm -hmm. I'm with it. Love it all. How do you, and you were talking about Red Antler. What was it like pitching your business and like going through, I mean, because you did kind of go through this as a creative, but also on this like business MBA side, what was that like? So I thought, I'm graduating from Columbia with my with my MBA and I'm going to go out there and I'm going to pitch this idea and I'm going to raise a lot of money. And of course that that didn't happen and it was a very challenging summer in which I hauled a suitcase 
filled with candles up and down six flights of steps every day, multiple mm-hmm. times a day, going to pitch meetings. And it must have been to 60 meetings and everybody said things like, the world doesn't need another candle brand. There's no real need or this isn't a real problem that you're solving. Uh, There's there so many candle brands that you can't possibly have anything to add. People would say, you're never going to be able to sell scent online. They would say, mm-hmm. you know, we, we love the margins. We love the category. We, we do think the category is real, but like come back when you have a brand. It's like, well, I, I need money to create a brand right. and to do some more of the product development stuff. So it was, it was, it was really hard. And, and I remember um, I ran into a, a friend was going for a run on the West Side Highway and uh, this is maybe July. And he said, so how much longer are you going to give this candle thing till you get a real job? And I, you know, it's obviously, I hate that. I hate I'm that. sorry for you. I know. Ugh. I was so furious, but you know, I remember that moment and it's fueled me, but um, it's, it can be really, really hard at first. And, and when you're pitching and I, I felt, I felt so much conviction around the category and that there was this hole in the market and, mm-hmm. and all of the, the testing. I mean, when, when you're first starting to think about the category you want to go in, but in particular for, for candles, I mean, you, you've got to try everything that's out there in the market, talk to all of your friends. My friends were saying very much so that candles kind of passed this toothbrush test of everyday use. I mean, so many people burn candles literally once a day, um, mm-hmm. especially for, for our generation. And so that was very compelling. And then I talked to everyone from uber driver you know people i met on the street people i met in a bar um what are you a candle consumer what brands do you buy from what are your favorite types of scent what price point you're just constantly doing your research and bringing all of that into the pitch that you deliver but i just I, i felt such conviction that it helped me to keep going until we got that first little investment that allowed us to get started on some of the, the branding and design work. And then we did do an equity partnership with Red Antler, who was mm-hmm. uh, just a, a huge help to us and, and a big part of our beginnings. And sort of once I think that came together visually, um, that really allowed investors to see how this was kind of a different type of company than yet another candle brand. And so that really helped get the ball rolling on on raising our first investment. Wow. I mean, it's definitely, I've talked to different candle creators or candle fanatics, mm-hmm. and there's so many people out there just like making it themselves and kind of going the Etsy route. Yeah. And this is so much bigger than that. And it's just really tremendous and impressive. So congrats to everything that you've achieved. Totally. No, thank you. And you know, I, I remember one of my early pitches was to Haley Barna from Birchbox, uh, co-founder mm-hmm. of Birchbox. And this was actually before I was lugging that suitcase around. And she said, what I think you're really missing from your pitch is that people need to to smell something. And I said, well, you know, I, I guess I have the candles that I've like made at home, but like they're not that great. And she said, just bring something. I mean, people want to pick up and smell and interact or, or even if it's candles from the market that you think are rubbish, um, mm-hmm. just having something to show and smell and react to. And so I think that was an important refinement of the pitch. 
And were you bringing ones that you had made yourself at that point? So, so then I started bringing, yes, everything from some the ones I had made that I, you know, thought were maybe the most acceptable of, of the bunch. Um, and and mm-hmm. I would also bring, yeah, some of the more offensive smelling candles that I could find. Um, and then also some, some good ones and more luxury ones. And I think it was nice to kind of have a, a spectrum of the market in front of me that I could show, you know, this is what a, a $95 candle smells like. And this is what mm-hmm. this very artificial smelling, cloyingly sweet kind of value candle smells right. like. Interesting. So on a more personal note, what does your home smell like right now? And what other land candles are you burning most? So we are really coming off of the holiday season, which is such a special, well, really fall and holiday. I mean, that is a lot of people consider that peak candle season. And Mm -hmm. in the fall, you just have such a lovely tradition with these warming spices and for us our our big fall moment is um cardamom milk I literally made a note that I need to order it because the notes are just like absolutely charming oh my gosh. well, we'll send it to, you. to smell like it yeah we'll send it to you so this is created by um master perfumer honoring blanc and it's cardamom a frothy milk and praline woods so like that I want to wear that by the way like I want to smell like that oh it's it's like incredible so like that's that's one that we have in the fall and we, we've got many others. We, we had a great uh, new collection this year called the Homestead Collection, which had, um, we had tomato scent. We had Berkshire's Granola, which was kind of a riff on cardamom milk. Um, we had mm-hmm. Woodlands, which was a Palo Santo, a smoked vanilla. So you kind of had your, your fall candle moment and then the holiday candle moment. So we've mm-hmm. been deep in really our, our new adorned collection, which came out in November. So since like Forest Vale and then Pomander Woods, have you smelled that one? No. Do you know about pomanders? No. Tell okay. Me. So a pomander is an orange and you poke a design into the orange with uh, a little skewer and then you put mm-hmm. cloves in. And so the cloves make Ooh. like a beautiful design. So I think this is from the Victorian era when people weren't uh, showering as much and things didn't smell so great, but it's this amazing Mm -hmm. scent of um, the fresh citrus and orange zest, and then this spicy toasted clove. So pomander woods. Yeah. So this is also created by Frank Vogel, but it's just got this um, wonderful sort of dark mahogany mixed with this honey bell orange and the toasted clove. And so Citrus is something that brings back holiday memories for me and um, honey bell oranges. We had a family member who would always send a crate of them. And my mom put, uh, she'd always have an orange in our Christmas stockings too. So that one we've been very attached to um, this year. Mm-hmm. So we're really sort of coming off of that. And I, I do like to stick with my seasonal favorites for scents. And I think part of this art of living well it kind of ties into verve is is living seasonally and kind of saving and the food that you eat and and you know the scents that you burn and so forth so right now we're the christmas tree we've we've taken down and we're transitioning into i guess it's our we're moving towards spring i i've got to make a make a switch over so towards some mm-hmm. more fresh herbaceous kind of energizing new year scents i think we'll do a mm-hmm. few We'll still do a bit of, of woody mm-hmm. in January, but 
Right. Yeah. Maybe a little less like spice. So interesting because, you know, you're talking about the seasonality of scents. When does stone fruit get burned for you? Because I feel like there's that summertime and then yeah. there's the January time. Like, do you ever be like, I'm craving summer and it's I January? Know. Well, so for sure. And so, you know, I, I um, stone fruit is one where I, I do, I really think it's okay to to have that little bit of sunshine. All the time. Yes, yeah. for sure. But I, I do try to stay disciplined <laughs> yes. with, with my sense. Yes. So stone fruit is coming up, I I think in in May, I I might get it out. Interesting. Good to know. Yeah. So for people listening, in case you guys aren't familiar with the perfumers that Abigail is naming, these are the perfumers who have created some of your favorite fine fragrances, favorite body scents. Mm -hmm. Frank Vocal created Glossier U. Like these are huge, huge big name perfumers. And I'm wondering... Would perfume ever be in Otherland's future? And if so, which ones would you want to see as perfumes? Oh my gosh, should we do it? Yes. <laughs> what? So okay, I I I'd be curious to hear like which ones, which ones would you want? Chandelier, you said. We've gotten requests for chandelier for sure. As I'm yeah, so for everyone listening, I'm currently burning chandelier, and I would absolutely wear this as you know, it's like it's woody, but it's sweet and it's warm, yeah. but it's soft. Some other ones that like jumped out at me, like I literally made a list of like ones where I was just, where the notes just literally blew me away. Um, And that was, well, Boudoir Rouge, I have not had the pleasure of smelling, but I, everyone who listens knows I'm obsessed with lipstick scents. Like it's like my favorite genre. Yeah. Um, But there's so so many scents. You have so many scents that sound like the most amazing smelling (laughs) perfumes, like the cardamom milk. Like that sounds absolutely amazing. Right. Thank you. Yeah. No, I um, I would love to see some of our scents as perfumes. Mm-hmm. We're definitely thinking about what the next chapter of Otherland will be and how to uh, evolve our product offering and assortment. And do we, it, it's such a hard question. Do we stay in kind of the home space and do hand wash and room spray, that kind of thing? Right. Those items or diffusers might be a little harder to ship or you might have to deal with leaking diffuser that it could be operationally challenging or you're shipping a lot right. of volume or do we go more um do we do more perfume or you could do solid perfume or different preparations of that body care I don't know so there, there are a lot of different we're, we're testing a bunch of different things right now um working on some candle accessories as well um actually how, mm-hmm. how do you light your candles do you use typically use matches or do you use a, a lighter or usb lighter um i wish i had like a more like ritual routine it's literally whatever i can find if yeah. there's matches <laughs> near me it's matches and if there's a lighter it's a lighter yeah i mean i i have recently after learning, I think like from TikTok that I need to be cutting the wicks. I yes. do do that. But that that's really like the extent of my like candle rituals is like I, I trim the wicks. So. Yeah, okay. You trim the, the Trimming the wicks is critical. You have to do it before every burn. So it's nice and short. Mm-hmm. No mushroomy bits. If you do that, you'll never have any soot on your candle. And that's good for the candle mm-hmm. burn. And do you know about um, the first burn? No, tell me about the first burn. Oh my gosh. So for the first burn, we like to say, um, get melty with it. So you really Mm -hmm. need to set aside like probably like at least an hour of time for your first burn because you want to make sure the entire surface of the candle, the wax is liquefied from the edge of the glass fully across because if you don't allow that to happen, 
you'll be left with a memory ring and then it can tunnel when it, it doesn't fully melt to the edge of the glass. So okay. if you only have 15 minutes, you should not light your candle then because it will not create a large enough melt pool. Mm-hmm. Good to know. I thought you were mm-hmm. going to say something like ritualistic, like you need to set an intention. No, you need to no, like no. Call you the could, spirit you God. could do that. Yeah. I, uh, I mean, what's more verve than, uh, I, know. I don't know, making a shrine? <laughs> right. Well, especially with the, with the new year, there is a little bit of candle magic you can do. Like you could pick like one scent to associate with a certain intention. And then you can mm. get like a toothpick or a pen or something. And you carve into the surface of the wax. Mm -hmm. the intention but you you kind of have to distill the intention down to like three words and so you carve that in the surface of the wax and then you put all of your energy into the candle ignite the flame and light that scent then you really want to like try to associate that intention with that specific scent so like when you Mm -hmm. need a burst of energy for that you just light that candle but you kind of save it for that have you ever done just on a side note like any occult candles or like, have you been to enchantments in the city? Like what is your relationship with candles and spirituality? Oh my God. So for a uh, different friend's bachelorette, I did lead a seance. What? <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. I brought candles for everyone. I, we did. I did. Another... Did you do an other land seance? Yeah, it was with other land candles. What? Oh, for sure. And so I, I, yeah, we did another match. You box. need to add that to the marketing that these are seance candles. I know. <laughs> I should, I should. And um, what did we do? Well, we had like a Ouija board and then um, we were putting different like pinches of spice into the flames as we, and we like did like a chant. Wow. It was, it was, it was wild. It was definitely haunted. That's, yeah. that's my kind of bachelorette party. I feel like you have a really great crew. <laughs> like if there's not a seance, it's not a real bachelorette. You've set the yes. bar. Oh my gosh. And everyone really showed up for that one. Uh, one person learned to do, to read tarot cards mm-hmm. um, and did readings for all of us. So yeah, uh, that was a good one. That's so fun. At my um, 27th birthday, it was like the, I had a party at my apartment and the last like five people remaining, everyone was a little bit drunk at that point. And my friend who's like jack of all trades, he was like bartending the birthday. He was like, I'm going to Google how to do a seance. And we all sat at my kitchen table and he also like never takes anything too seriously. And I remember we were all with our eyes closed and he was like, to any spirits listening, like, please. And I was like, is this (laughs) happening at my birthday party? Yes. I'm all about it. Wow. Okay. Your birthday. Yeah. Oh, wow. So um, I love it. All this to say, if other land seances are in the future, like, I'm very here for it. And um, I know. I'm into it. I love that. Okay. So you mentioned at the beginning, we're we're getting towards the end of the interview. I do like to talk about like personal fragrances. I know your attachment to Gap Dream. Are you wearing any other um, fragrances these days? Um, I am. We have a scent in our line. um, It's from our garden party collection called uh, Canary. Mm -hmm. And I am fortunate enough to have a little sample of that in the eau de toilette. So I I do wear that a lot. That scent... um, it's really about the color yellow in the spring and the crocuses and daffodils popping up on the West side highway next to the concrete. And I have been dipping my toe a little bit recently into Tom Ford Soleil Blanc, which I know so many people Mm -hmm. love that one. It smells like a little bit like sunscreen and wood, Mm -hmm. but in a good way. Right. 
But when I think back, like, over the years, a different sense that I wore. Do you remember Ralph by Ralph Lauren? Of course. Yeah, yeah. Of course. I mean, it, that was such a moment in middle school. I, I was going to, like, a middle school dance, and I guess I threw a temper tantrum because I begged my mom to pull over in front of Filene so I could run <laughs> in and spritz myself because the guy, I like, told me that he liked that scent. Oh, my God. <laughs> and so that and do you remember Allure by Chanel Mm -hmm. yeah yeah my mom she she like didn't wear perfume to work but I think somebody gave that to her and I just I associate that with her a bit and then there were all these Escada perfumes um kind of these like tropical scents I don't even remember what they were called but I I love those and then the Michael Kors Michael Kors one I had this like slap bracelet Mm -hmm. that I think they were giving out that had the scent on it Maybe we should bring that back. Michael Kors made a slap bracelet perfume. I think, you know, it was like a, a giveaway, but it it said, wow, it was sort of that suede, that uh, tan color that was sort of similar to the color of the perfume. Mm-hmm. And it said Michael, Michael Kors, and it was scented. That's really, I should, we yeah. should, we should make those. Yeah. Scented slap bracelet. I, that would be yeah. a very cool addition. And also I can't <laughs> imagine that many like, shipment issues you know maybe slap bracelets are like I know next, next for other lands. yeah this is great yeah I mean it sounds like we wore all the same sense because I too was wearing Ralph and Gap Dream and Ascada I had um a Biza hippie it was like pink oh, no it was red yes. and blue it was red and blue and it had like yes. denim on it and like yeah that was like me so in a cool. nutshell yeah so so good yeah such a moment and then do you do remember the Ralph Lauren blue right yeah, so there well, so I had the turquoise one that was like Ralph, and then yes, there was Ralph. like the darker blue that was more like an adult yeah. fragrance, right? And more yeah. adult. More yeah. adult. Yeah. Did you have that one yeah. as well? I did have that one, yeah. Oh, very fancy. Okay. Abigail, we have a rapid fire scent association game called What's That Smell? Mmm, what's that smell? So I will name people, places, things, and you just say whatever smell comes to mind. And there's no right or wrong answer. It's literally anything you say is correct. Okay. Are you ready to play What's That Smell? I'm nervous. Yeah, let's try. Okay. What is the smell of your hometown? I think it's grass. Um, I I lived on like next to a golf course. Mm -hmm. And so like I spent a lot of time in my youth, like rolling around on, on the grass. What was the smell of your house growing up? Ooh, the smell of our house growing up. At the holidays, my my mom would put mulling spices. This is kind of like the original way to scent a house. Um, she'd put mulling spices in, in a pot on the stove. And right before the guests would arrive, she would run around the house with this pot, sending the space. So I, I think those, those mulling spices for sure. She is verb. She's verb, totally. Who is the best smelling person in your life and what do they smell like? Oh, this is a tough one. Um, my the best selling person in my life is my good friend Haley Sachs, aka Mrs. Dow Jones. Mm-hmm. You may know of her, and she always uh, smells like fabulous perfume and abundance, and just really rich. She's got that makes these sense. white flowers. Yeah. Okay. Mrs. Dow totally. Jones smelling like abundance, like totally on par. I love that. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. What is the smell of New York City? The smell of New York City. There are a couple notes I would like to mention. Okay. So like one would be um, 
where I lived with Haley, it was uh, right by Katz's, been serving the pastrami sandwiches for, you know, 100, 100 years. Mm-hmm. And so you'd walk by in the morning and they would be hosing down the sidewalks with hot, steamy water. And you'd get this like, it's a smell of smoky meat mixed with uh, the vinegar from the pickles, this kind of sweet grininess. Mm-hmm. That's part of the scent of New York. Then like you keep walking and you walk by a laundromat and there's kind of this billowing, Mm -hmm. uh, fresh, clean clean linen laundry scent. Mm -hmm. And then you kind of mix it with a little subway uh, steam and exhaust. Um, And and that's and and, and probably a touch of those caramelized uh, honey nuts that those those vendors sell and some of the street street meats of those incredible spices. So it all kind of mixes into one New York bouquet. Wow. Do you think there'd ever be like a New York, like pastrami laundry nut smell? <laughs> um, you know, I think, I think we're going to, we'll leave that one where it is. <laughs> and it's just the real, real authentic smell uh, of New York. You don't want to, you don't want to burn that in your home. You can, <laughs> you can just go outside and step in your local leave, subway. Leave it right there. Leave it right there and remember <laughs> it and don't forget it. What is the smell of Sayed? Well, Sayed has eczema, and so he's got all kinds of eczema creams and ointments okay. that he's constantly slathered in. So, you know, this is rapid fire. <laughs> so, so, you know what Sayed also smells like? Sayed is addicted to fancy Swedish gummy candy that he buys from a store called Bon Bon. It's mm-hmm. a wonderful store, but he, he consumes a large volume of candy. And so... <laughs> It's kind of this like tutti frutti, gummy candy, sugar ambrosia that I associate with him. That's ointment and ambrosia. I mean, you, <laughs> you love to smell it. Um, okay, what is the smell? If you had to boil it down, what is the smell of other land? Oh my gosh, you can't ask me this. This is too hard. I know. The smell of other land. No, I mean, it's it's ever changing, right? That's, that's the whole goal is that we want to create a system but then completely turn it on its head with each new collection and and have it evolve and be different um the scent of other land is very much you know of, of our our team and and what we're passionate about and and what we're excited and interested in at the moment and and in the season and so it'll be different you know every year it's seasonal. It's changing. You got to keep up. Seasonal. You got to find out for yourself is really what it comes down to. Exactly. Okay. Well, the final question of this episode is what is the smell of Abigail Stone? What is the smell of Abigail Stone? The smell of Abigail Stone. I I just got to go with Gap Dream. Gap Dream. I, I like really love it so much. Yeah. And it takes me back in such a sincere way. Um. It's just such a distinctive, like, freesia tangerine mm-hmm. situation. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah. Freesia is such a smell of, like, the 90s and 2000s. It's so... Yeah. I love it. Okay. Well, Abigail, for everyone mm-hmm. listening who now wants to buy their own threesome, how can they do it? What, where can people shop for Otherland? Yes. You can find us at otherland.com as well as at Sephora and Sephora online and Nordstrom um, in select stores and online there as well. Amazing. And check us out on Instagram at Otherland Co. And I'm Alpha Gale. Alpha Gale. That's your handle. So everyone go follow Otherland, go follow Abigail and definitely order some candles because I have one burning right now and it is 
the ultimate game changer and I love it. Yay. Abigail, thank you so much. No, thank you. Perfume Room is edited by Wyatt Peak. Music is by Max Vernon and illustrations are by Israel Rodriguez. 